0: Welcome to PNR Show, Season 4, Episode 23. Bring your own beer. I'd rather have than mine. I'll take a strong stout over stride. I'd prefer to confer with a half-pint of ale, and live a long life till my private parts fail.
1: For life without liquor is to no avail, so bring me lucker. Yankees win! Ah, Yankees win! That's right, baby. Welcome to the Pioneer No Return Show. Yankees up three to two in the ALCS. That's right. All you people in Houston were all you people in Houston were telling me I was crazy. Yankees come back. That's right. But you didn't come here for that. Or maybe you did, and you just want to drink a beer and toast to the Yankees victory. Either way. You've walked in on what could be the greatest spectacular uh, ever televised or podcasted. That's right. It's the Pine of No Return show you're a beer and bros podcast I hate when I say that it really bothers yeah. me I, I don't <laughs> the you know, rest of us <laughs> I don't like it any more than you do it just comes out I'm looking for alliteration and uh, and right now Keith's gut so yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> hi let me chip my camera back because my camera's got a
1: mind so, of its own I mean this could be a very interesting podcast if you're watching on video because Keith's uh, camera is on a stick so to speak and it's supposed to track with him um, and it you know as With many things, uh, it has a mind of its own. So at any any given moment, we could be seeing a lot more of Keith than we want to. This is a a beer cam, so it's just going to track the beer tonight, apparently. So uh, we want to thank, of course, the Poxy Boggards. A uh, Renaissance Festival type body rena- uh, singing group out of California for the use of their music, especially Stu Venable. Haven't thanked them in a while, so we want to do that. You can find their stuff on iTunes or at poxyboggards.com. We are now live on Alpha Geek Radio, Channel 3. Hello, Alpha Geek. Uh, you can find us uh, if you want to check out the website, it's tunein.alphageekradio.com. Our website is the PNR Show. Dot com. email us your questions comments uh feedback at pnr show at gmail.com and then we have the twitters uh jeremy is at jeremy brooks keith is at wolfman ki am at reb r-e-b-r-o-b R-E-B, R-E-B. and our missing man tonight gary is at always breaking gary is uh globetrotting is he not yeah he's in slovakia Ooh.
0: enjoying some lovely slovakian
1: beers Yes, and it's the middle of the night. Uh, we had demanded that he make an <laughs> appearance, uh, but it was, it was a firm no. Pansy. It was a firm <laughs> no. So uh, do we have any feedback this week? I don't
0: uh, know. I spent do not. The whole, the
1: whole Sad week. trombone says no. Yeah,
0: I spent the whole pre-show adjusting my camera. So, All right.
1: Um, <laughs> this is a BYOB show. Uh, we do that occasionally when one of us is absent. We each bring our own beers to the table for uh the delight or uh disgust of our fellow podcasters so gentlemen what have you for tonight's bring your own beer show
2: i have a port brewing hop 15 ale which i picked up because it was in a big bottle and because it, it's an ipa and then i got <laughs> home and i was looking at the abv it's a 10 percent or so
0: hello hey strap fun
2: <laughs> Good pick. Yeah.
0: You've got it. You've got to go the whole beer for the whole show. All oh, right. that's not a problem. Keith, right. What is your beer of choice? Well, I don't have a ten percenter, so I brought two beers. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. So I have got first up is going to be Long Trail's Limbo IPA, which is there. It's brewed with uh, new varieties coming out of hops coming out of Australia and the Pacific Northwest. Australian hops. Hmm. Australian hops. And, and, then, and then my second beer is Harpoon Brewing's Flannel Friday, oh, which is a hoppy only, red. Only Wednesday. Yep. Yep. I'll be advancing to Friday shortly. We have done Harpoon on the show before. We have. Uh, it's a lovely brewery. Yeah. Uh,
1: for my beer, I chose a very, very, very local brewery. In fact, it's only about five miles away, uh, Southern Star which we've enjoyed on the show before. We had their blonde bombshell, or bombshell blonde, I should say. And I'm doing the Oktoberfest, which is a German-style Fistbier. Appropriate. Uh, I've had it before, and I've enjoyed it a lot, but always nice to feature the local brewery. So, gentlemen, are you ready to crack these open? I'll be pouring mine into the Southern Star official Oktoberfest uh, stein that we got this past week ago. Oh, cool. Always like swag. Yeah, I don't. I, the Steins they have this year aren't as good as the ones last year, but that's all right. All right. This is going to be very similar to, um, well, somewhat similar to the Shiner Bock that we've had in the past. A little not as, quite as dark, but kind of that smoky roasted flavor that I look so much forward to. Ah. Gentlemen, are you ready? I am ready. ready. Then as they say and as we say on the show, prost. <laughs> That's right. It's do the pint. Forgot to
0: teeth <laughs> <keep> of the music. <laughs> That's okay. I think By we should way. have beer drinking music all the time.
1: Yeah, in uh, in Slovakia, Gary could have been saying prost earlier this evening.
2: Oh, so is, is he in Slovakia or is he in Slovenia?
1: He's in Slovenia. Oh, you said Slovakia earlier. I said Slovenia. I Let's think he said Slovakia. He said the Slovakia.
0: Uh, I said Slovenia.
1: No, you said Slovakia. And if he, did, if he did say Slovakia, he's going to edit it out. So <laughs> no. well, no, there's you know one what? thing that
0: is not worth me doing, and that's video editing. So <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Tell me in the comments uh, uh, if, if you think I said Slovakia or Slovenia.
2: Now I'm confused. Where's Gary?
0: He's over there. <laughs> he's he's with the vampires in he's Transylvania. On the dark side. Uh, Transylvania. Trans Kentucky
1: Trans. Okay, uh, gentlemen. First impressions. How is that uh, harpoonie treating you?
0: I'm not having that yet. Oh, sorry. With the long the trail. The long There's trail. A, the uh, limbo IP. Limbo. I've I've been working on a six pack of this all week, and. Um, this is a very odd IPA. Uh, I almost want to send it to you guys because I'm curious what you guys think. This is one of the few IPAs my wife can tolerate, although she doesn't really like it still. But so I'm, I'm thinking Rob might enjoy it. Oh, the, ho- the hops are very different and not so bitter. Um, that they are they are new varieties. So I you know I saw Pacific Northwest and went great. I love Pacific Northwest hops, but these are not them. These are other things, um, bits of tree branch and twigs and stuff that they brewed with this. So it's a little different. It's almost, it's got, a, it's got a definite hop flavor, but not a bitter hop flavor, almost kind of sweet. And, and the aftertaste is not a menthol flavor, but it reminds me of menthol. Ooh. It has almost a oh, all-too-airy kind of finish oh, that no. almost leaves, leaves your throat so clean. So, but it's not, it's not menthol. It just has the same impression that menthol leaves. So I don't know how to describe this beer. It's, it's interesting. It's definitely drinkable. I've been enjoying it in quotes this week, and uh, I am now enjoying it on the show, and I'll definitely finish it. But it's a different kind of IPA. Menthol if you, if you want a different kind of IPA, yeah. It's not it's not menthol, it just has the impression of menthol. It like licking an ashtray. Oh no. All right. No. More 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 like a menthol eucalyptus cough drop. Should I say that again? Yeah. Can you say that again? Because <laughs> menthol eucalyptus cough drop. Perfect. So not, not
1: not menthol tobacco. <laughs>
0: All right, Jeremy,
1: What uh, remind us again of what your beer is and what your first impressions are. This is Port Brewing's Hop
2: 15 Ale. Um, It's good. It's got the maltiness that you'd expect in a big double IPA, but not overly sweet. And the bitterness balances it nicely. It's a bitter finish, but not too bitter up front. It's So far, I'm enjoying it. We'll see see how it lasts over uh, 22 ounces. but First impressions are
1: positive.
0: 22 ounces. All
1: right. Uh, The Oktoberfest is delightful. Just got a nice, slight caramel finish to it, like that roasted flavor, as I was mentioning before. It's just so neat and clean going down, and it's got a little heartiness to it. Very, very typical of a German... Um, Oktoberfest beer, and it, it is fantastic. Um, my wife, when we when we've, we go to the brewery every couple of weeks or so, like uh, for Trivia Night or over, over the weekend, just to hang out, it's got a great, cool kind of beer fest hall upstairs. Um, and the, the popular drink right now is to combine the Oktoberfest beer with uh, half of that, with a half of a pint of their blood belt IPA, which is a blood orange IPA that my wife really likes. And they combine them together and that sounds they, good. yeah, they call it the, uh, the hunt for red October. So it's like they're big. I'm, I'm, that's not a joke. That's literally what they call it. So um, I just <laughs> enjoyed the Oktoberfest myself. Uh, but um, she's, she, she loves that blood belt IPA. I might, you know, for, for my shipment, when I, when I get around to shipping you guys something, it's, I think it's my turn it's been past my turn. I will include that in the shipment because I think you guys probably would like it. So, but this is, this is yeah, really, really good. Really neat. Yeah. This is really good. All right. We're going to revisit these beers uh, a little bit later on in the show and Keith will crack open his second at some point if he's not almost already there. Uh, but in oh, the meantime, that. but in the meantime, we've got some topics coming your way in a segment that we call pint taken. It's. I don't even. There's. There's no rhyme or reason to that at all. So.
0: <clears throat> was there supposed to be? <laughs> yeah.
1: So um, there's lots of kind of serious topics out there in the news that are happening. It just seems like it's exponential. Like. <laughs> Then every time you turn around something bad and, or worse is happening in the news, maybe it's just a reflection of our age or the times that we live in. Uh, we don't usually cover that on the show. We like to keep it light, but we did have um, a segment where the guys allowed me to kind of t- give my perspective on hurricane Harvey. So I thought I'd like to do the same uh, even though Gary's not here, but Jeremy certainly can talk about it. Um, how things are going with the fires in California. It's uh, it's literally, I mean, on Gary's not on Gary's back doorstep, but all around him, in many ways. So, just give us an update and tell you tell us your experiences and what's going on. Jeremy, Jeremy um,
2: well, from where where we live, we're about thirty miles from the Santa Rosa fire, mm-hmm. which is not all that far when you consider it started. What was that? Last Sunday, a week from Sunday.
1: And that's one of the big ones too. Ten days ago,
2: it's one yeah. of the bigger ones, yeah. And it it started uh, from what I've read Sunday night, late Sunday night. Um, and I've read some some uh, first hand reports of people that lived thirty miles away from where the fire started. They were woken up in the middle of the night to evacuate. So in three or four hours, that fire moved thirty miles. Yeah give you an idea of how fast it spread. Um, lots, and, and you've probably all heard, you know, thousands of structures destroyed. I think it's 5,000 structures now and 41 people confirmed dead.
1: Um, 100's 60, missing, right? Yeah.
2: yeah, I think it's uh, 60 missing now.
1: Okay.
2: Um, but it's fix, just...
1: Fix your camera, it's just awkward.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's It's so... It's just oh, man, that's, I mean, We got We got to put that up on the screen.
0: Trying to Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> there we go. We'll go back to left hand.
2: <laughs> Something back about that the... looks like a face.
1: And now back to our correspondent Jeremy Brooks in the field.
2: <laughs> so, as I was saying, there's um Yeah, it, it's it's just awful seeing the pictures. It's it's amazing how much has been destroyed. And when you think of a wildfire, you know, you think out in the woods and it burns some structures, but these were really close to relatively large cities yeah, and they spread so fast and the winds were, were so strong yeah. it, it, looking at the pictures, it's just amazing. And it's going to be, it's starting to, they're starting to get them under control, uh, but it's going to be, you know, years before things are anywhere back to normal in these communities. Sure,
1: I mean, we've heard from, um, from Jeremy posting in our, our chat room that, um, His, I guess his in-laws, right, needed to be evacuated. Uh, Gary's. Gary's in-laws needed to be evacuated. Um, And and, in-laws and parents. Yes, in-laws and, thank you, in-laws and parents. And I believe that his in-laws have gotten back now and
0: their home was not damaged.
2: Other way around.
0: Other way around. His parents got home. His in-laws had a complete loss. Oh, man. Um, And his in-laws have already purchased a new home. Wow. So, um, and I believe there was a cousin involved on that same property that also lost.
2: I think that yeah, that house uh, was destroyed, and the other one. Yeah, you know, the
0: other one on it, the property that, was not. And a dog went yeah. missing, right? Uh,
2: uh, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. it's just
1: horrible, and it's and it's decimated the uh, the Napa Valley region. I, th- I think I heard the uh, figure being thrown out of forty percent of the vineyards in Napa Valley were destroyed yeah I
2: haven't read haven't read that but it was it definitely you know, is going to have an impact
1: That's just horrible do they ever i mean I, I guess it's too soon or they're, they're still so worried about handling the fires that they don't necessarily know a cause or it's just this time of year is prone to fires or do they suspect arson or anything like that
2: I haven't read any definitive there's been speculation about down power lines, but I haven't read anything specific, and I think that you hit on it when you said they're trying to control the fires now yeah the first mean, step is to get the fires under control and then they'll figure out what happened
1: okay yeah it's it's horrible it's it's really really it's um, i mean that obviously goes without saying so um, but we're glad you you are okay and and Gary's okay um, it's horrible for for his for his uh in laws That really stinks, but um, hopefully they'll be able to get things back together. So, uh, Well, thanks for that update, and uh, hopefully they get those things under control soon. All right, so uh, in our chat room this week, um, I think it was actually yesterday, one of you posted um, kind of a follow-up article to something we talked about on the show a few episodes ago.
0: Amazon is looking for their next uh, headquarters. Uh, Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I posted that this morning actually because yeah,
1: uh, I just so found Amazon uh,
0: business,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, Moody's is yeah. So I'm gonna get to that, but let me just recap Bus- Business businessins. Okay, I'm get- lagging something fierce right now. No, we are yeah, we're um, lagging very badly. Yes, uh, Business Insider basically posted a list based on Amazon's criteria. So it's not something Amazon has leaked. No, no, no. It was some. It was, it was cities that met Amazon's criteria. Um, of, of So it was like their Business Insider's top 10 projections yeah. of where Amazon yeah. could go. What so, was interesting was Rochester, New York, my hometown, where I'm lagging from right now, uh, made, that, made that list. Which, I, you know, we've talked about it here in Rochester, but I, nobody, nobody thought it was serious until all of a sudden it showed up on this list. So,
1: so, so. yeah.
0: So just to recap and just kind of bring them back around. Um,
1: Amazon's looking for the second headquarters up to, they say, 50,000 jobs in one city. Um, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago and kind of threw out some cities that we thought would be good fits and wouldn't be good fits. Um, actually the uh, daily news reported yesterday that um, it would, it was day two of uh, four days in which cities can submit proposals that they're calling now HQ 2 um, Chicago and Newark have already um, made their bids and and, um, uh, what was it? that they, the Windy City has, has gotten some, some picked up some steam. Um, but so Moody's looked, as Keith mentioned, Moody's looked at the criteria for um, the top cities, and their um, sorry, I'm just pulling, pulling that article back up. So let me give you the, the rundown of, according to their stats or their, their criteria, what the top 10 cities are. first is Salt Lake City. Which has a which now,
0: I, we, interestingly <laughs> enough, I think the original criteria was to get it off the West Coast. So it's interesting that there's west Western cities included in this.
1: Yeah. So I'm sorry, I, I should have that. given. I, you I thought factors. one of the original <laughs>
0: ideas was. To... I should have. Yeah, we are, our our leg
1: is horrible. I should have given you the factors first. The Moody's looked at five factors that were important to Amazon: the business environment, uh, the human capital, you know, the availability of qualified. Uh, people to employ the cost of building the quality of life in that community and transportation. Um, It gave a sign a number to each city and weighted each factor to come up with the 10 geography was considered, but not factored into the rankings.
0: Um, Which, which I find odd because I think that's one of the major points was to get like an East coast headquarters and a West coast headquarters. Yeah, uh, maybe. So as I said,
1: uh, number 10 is Salt Lake city. Um, low business cost, young talent pool. Boston is number nine, which is inexplicable to me other than they have big time tech schools like MIT, um, Harvard, that kind of thing. But it's just, that's just a horrible city to build anything. Um, When you think about taxes and transportation, all that kind of stuff. Portland, Oregon, number eight. I mean, you're talking about, you know, building on their own doorstep. It's like, building a summer home yeah. around this corner.
0: Yeah. That, that yeah, seems that's so really close. unlikely. Yeah, that's so close to where they already are. That, that seems to defeat the purpose.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: the, their reasoning was interesting,
1: uh, which is one of the reasons why I brought this article in tonight. Portland has an arguably higher than average quality of life. There are low crime rates, more arts theaters, and a hub of microbreweries. Factoring into this. That is important. <laughs> with biker friendly streets Uh, cheaper than the Bay Area that does not say much because San Francisco is one of the most expensive places in the world
2: no that Uh, doesn't say much at all
1: yeah Uh, number seven on the list is Miami Uh, that's not a bad choice because as the article says it it is a a high distribution center uh, international and national um, freight a lot of it comes out of Miami so that's not a bad one uh, New York City, New Jersey, White Plains, New York. Can I just say no? I mean, they have almost everything else. Can we go somewhere else? Um, although they do have a lot of tech schools and, and um, you know, there's a big transportation infrastructure, of course. Um, number five, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is an interesting choice. I think we mentioned that too on the last time we talked that Pittsburgh would be a good choice. Uh, big Time Revival. Uh, in that city. Uh, Number four on the list, Rochester, New York. Keith in my hometown area. Uh, I think I I would pull for Rochester if only because that region has been so decimated in terms of employment over year. It's like a hollow shell. I mean, Amazon could literally do whatever it wanted and have carte blanche. Uh, I'm, be, I'm pretty
0: sure they could move into Kodak Park and just go. Oh, sure. It would instantly become the number one employer in the city. Um, no. It would actually might take a little time because just because U of R is so huge right now. Well,
1: I mean, once they got to, if they say fifty thousand employees. That would be the biggest, right?
0: No. Really? <laughs> no, U of R is already bigger than that.
1: More than fifty thousand. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we'll yeah. pull for uh, for Rochester on the side. Philadelphia. Um, the downsides are inefficient tax structure and significant public sector pension problems. Uh, But the upsides outweigh the downsides. Uh, A boom is underway in Philadelphia. Well, eh. number two, Atlanta, another high transportation hub. Atlanta is the busiest airport in the world um, and is set up to, to be a really good technological and transportational infrastructure. And finally, uh, in uh, nearby, down the street, for me, Austin, Texas. Um, High quality of life. It's kind of the Silicon Hills of Texas. It's very kind of arts-friendly, business-friendly. It's the capital of Texas. They'd get a lot of tax breaks. So there, are your top 10. Um, Let's let's leave Rochester aside for a second, Keith. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jeremy and Keith, let me ask you. Of those 10, what... So let's say three. Would you give the inside edge to?
2: I think they're going to but
1: not not Rochester. Yeah, let's leave Rochester for a second.
2: Oh, that was definitely one of the top. Um, okay. Let's, say, let's.
1: How about you, Le- Jeremy? You you can consider Rochester. Keith and I will save that for the end. What? Three? I don't have
2: the Ro- I don't have the Rochester uh, prejudice. Exactly. Um, so what <laughs> three would you go? So I think they're going to go with something geographically uh, distant. Mm-hmm. And so I I think they would consider Rochester. I think they would consider Austin. And the third one, I'm I don't think it's going to be Miami or Atlanta. I think it's more likely to be Pittsburgh or Boston, and I'm going to say Boston just because of the talent pool.
1: Okay.
2: So Boston, Rochester, and Austin.
1: Okay uh keith
0: what are your what would your top three be uh i'm gonna definitely I, I the original articles i read on this definitely seemed to indicate that they wanted geographical distance from what they want now so i'm gonna pick all stuff on this coast and if i gotta take rochester out of the mix i think miami becomes a first choice really quickly um and not because of the shipping easy access to shipping because i think the world headquarters doesn't going to have anything to do with shipping i think it's all going to be office work type jobs and planning and coordinating and stuff like that but that said miami is a huge metropolitan area large talent pool to pull from uh built-in transportation and stuff there and it's just gorgeous so why not go to miami um, but after that, I think Pittsburgh is a real interesting choice. I'm not sure it would go there, but boy, would it be a boon for that city? Um, and again, the, a lot of the infrastructure is already there. <clears throat> um, and then I guess the, the third one, uh, I am going to say Boston, but it's definitely not going to be in Boston. It's going to be around Boston. So it's going right. to be if they did that they would do something in like Worcester or Salem or something like that that's really kind of an outside distant suburb of Boston where they can pull from the Boston talent pool but there's god the city of Boston's a mess and they would stay they would do well to stay clear out of that.
2: Yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't be in Boston but it would be close enough that they would say hey our Boston Yeah. Office.
1: Okay.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think so.
1: All right. Uh, My choice, my inside track would go to, I, I agree with Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is a good choice. Again, it's a city that's just booming. We have a lot of our people, our second biggest population of the company that I work for has offices in Pittsburgh. And um, you know everybody that I talk to there just says the city is so alive and it's so hip right now, and it's just really been revitalized. That that makes That's sense awesome. as a logical fit. Um, my second choice would be. Uh, I I do think Boston is should be will be considered. I hate the fact that it is, um, but I think that there's a romanticism about Boston that people have that, uh, you know, and it is so close to MIT and Harvard and all that kind of stuff that it would be able to have a great talent pool to choose from. And then my third pick, I think, uh, and probably of the three, my most likely pick, I, th- I would pick Atlanta.
0: Oh. Um, because Atlanta's the same as New York to me. Well, it's got everything already. It's so big and sprawling.
1: Well, yeah, but I, I think the transportation availability there, um, and not that New York doesn't have that, but um, that there it's much less. I think it, it would cost them much less to do it. Um, but now that we've said that, so now we've given our three, Keith, would you put Rochester ahead of those three?
0: I think the East Coast, the real competition to Rochester, based on what I read in the Business Insider article, um is pittsburgh um in miami yeah uh and and if if you're going towards a place that already doesn't have a huge established metro area then you're into pittsburgh which is kind of on the fringe of the east coast metro thing and and you're into rochester so i think those are the those are the real big two and they're both puts them both of them on the east coast which i think is what they want okay um what I don't have a lot of information on is Pittsburgh's uh, like university pools and stuff. And I think University of Rochester and Rochester Institute of Technology have both just come so far in the last mm-hmm. 10 years that I think it's a good technology center. Oh, yeah. And, and if you are looking for, a bunch of beer bars. Rochester has so many ridiculous <laughs> little uh, little breweries <laughs> popping up all over the place. We can definitely support that Portland-like attitude right here. Um, in fact, there's a couple news of a couple closing that probably wouldn't close if there was an Amazon coming in. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> so, so you would put so you would if you had to do a top two, you'd say Pittsburgh
0: and Rochester. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Rochester is a better choice than Boston or Miami. Yeah. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's the other really interesting choice on the East Coast. I actually I would agree with you Keith. I would I think put
1: maybe it's a bias, I would probably is, is a bias. Uh I would put Rochester as the number 1 to get it. And the reason I would do that um not only would be because of the the scientific availability of uh, employees and and a talent pool that Keith was mentioning, but if you're Amazon, you and I said this earlier, you could go into Rochester and literally have a blank canvas. Yeah, you could do and I'm I mean I'm not kidding when I say I mean Keith can attest to it because I haven't been back for a long time, but I know what's been happening there. Keith can attest that that city has been so decimated by layoffs from from Xerox and Kodak and Bausch and Lomb and um, it's it, it just been just hit so hard. And there's so much stuff infrastructure there already that Amazon could come in on a freaking white horse and do whatever it wanted to do and be the king, not only of Rochester, but of Western New York and, you know, just own that city, just own it basically
2: so how yeah. would how would the city feel about that when suddenly oh, something would the, well okay the, yes the city would meaning the government of yeah. the city what about the people who all of a sudden here's all these tech people coming in and gentrifying Rochester
1: what? Mm. well mm. can
0: you answer that Keith because you're you're on the ground there so uh, it's yeah it would be an interesting situation I mean if they did something like um, uh, kodak's main Facility for years and years and years is called Kodak Park, um, and it's on the north side of Rochester. And it's more or less empty now. Um, if they went in and took that space over, I think it would be a huge, uh, a huge boon. And they certainly could do a lot in that space. Um, however, they could also do something downtown and and you know take over like the old uh, Bausch and Lomb Tower or something like that too, and really t- it you know start moving things around that way as well, or do both, because like, again, 50,000 people, uh, 50,000 jobs is a lot. So, but, but but, it definitely could fill both, uh, uh, situations, but as far as the gentrification, it's already here in a large part, we have, uh, you know, definite inner city pockets where, um, you know, crime is, is through the roof. Um, and uh, and problems and po- with poverty and such happen, I, I think only that can only get better with a, a major player like Amazon coming in and offering more jobs, even for untrained people, because it's going to put jobs in across the board, not just tech jobs. You know, it's 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 going to also need low level stuff, and and right. it's going to provide training for a lot of those people to get better positions. Um, in, in middle management and, and, and possibly tech positions and stuff like that too. But but with that opportunity, with Amazon coming
1: in, one of the things we haven't mentioned, Keith, I think, sort of hit it on when he was talking about it's not just high-tech jobs, but support jobs that Amazon would need. We're not, it, If Amazon came in anywhere, it's not just here are 50,000 jobs and here we're hiring, but you're talking about a whole bunch of uh, either – Subsidiary or um, peripheral companies that will also come to Rochester to kind of feed off the Amazon right. tea and support staff, and and you know a lot of companies, not just Amazon, will well, start hiring.
0: Yeah, well, and and, and it wherever you put them, then you've got a whole slew of restaurants. And- sure. You know, just entertainment and service uh, industries that's going to come with it. Absolutely. So I think a lot of that could Would be totally revitalize that city. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I Ro- Rochester's in, in a terrible place as it is now for a lot of that stuff, at least the inner city is. The suburbs of Rochester are doing just fine, but the inner city and, and some of the west side is there's some deep, deep poverty there that just can't be addressed by what's going on here now. And, and somebody like Amazon coming in can definitely do that. Uh, also a correction to what I said before, uh, University of Rochester uh, is not 50,000 employees. It's about 30, so it's close. It's on its way, but that's definitely uh, – it's definitely our number one employer in the region at at about 30,000 employees. Well, there you go. So I was right. Yep, you were. (laughs) It wasn't quite 50. All right. So, yeah.
1: uh, So, of course, being from there, Keith and I are absolutely pulling for Amazon to to come to Rochester. But um, whoever does get it, it's just – it'll be a huge boom to that area. So we'll follow that story. We'll uh, we'll keep going on it. Uh, before we go to our pick segments, gentlemen, any new uh, impressions on your beer, Keith? Have you started your second one?
0: I have, and this is a beer I've I've had before, and I have it. I, I went back for a second six pack. Um, this is a seasonal by Harpoon. Their Flannel Friday is a red ale, a multi. Red ale that they put a little more than normal hops in, so it's kind of somewhere between a red and a, an IPA. And I think they just nailed it. As far as fall seasonals go, this is so much better than pumpkin. Don't don't buy pumpkin ale. Go get go get some Flannel <laughs> Friday. There we go. I'll find the camera here. Notice we what have
1: else been than pumpkin?
0: one pumpkin ale on the show this yeah. Month. But bite bite me pumpkin ales. This is what a fall seasonal should be. Uh, it's just some great some great hops, and a nice, rich, malty amber. And the combination is just crisp and easy to drink. And this beer is fantastic. No questions asked. If you've
1: ever eaten any pumpkin, any raw pumpkin, you know that it's like a squash. It has literally almost no taste to it at all. So the whole pumpkin ale thing, when you're saying, oh, we're drinking a pumpkin ale, you're drinking the spices that typically go
0: along with a pumpkin. Yep. Well, in, in a lot of cases, yes. Although I will say, uh, if I have to drink a pumpkin ale, I do like Southern King, Pumpking, uh, P-U-M-P-K-I-N-G. And that one is made with over two tons of actual pumpkin every year. They, they throw into that thing. So that one actually does taste like most like pumpkin pie because it has actual pumpkin with the spices. But that's not pumpkin. I mean, you're not tasting pumpkin. When you taste pumpkin pie, you're not tasting. Well, I tell you that the difference between pumpkin pie and pumpkin spice is huge because pumpkin spice without the pie is terrible. True, but pumpkin spice uh,
1: in a pumpkin pie, you not only have the spice, you have the nutmeg, you have uh, all kinds of little Bits and bobs that you put in to pumpkin right. pie because by itself pumpkin and sugar it would be horrible. So that's our PSA for today about don't. And,
0: and neither Rob or <laughs> I enjoy a pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving. So just no, so you know, I don't enjoy. it. enjoy multiple. Oh, yeah. you, do, you you you're, you're a pumpkin pie eater. I love pumpkin pie. Oh, I I can't stand it. Oh, so good. I can't stand. It. My, I don't my like mincemeat pie. My mother-in-law is so nice to make cherry pie right every, every Thanksgiving just oh, because mm. I do not like pumpkin. Yeah. Pumpkin uh, is so nasty. All yeah. right, Jeremy,
1: any uh, intermediary impressions that you want to share of your beer that you haven't thought of yet?
2: Uh, you know, it's getting better as it warms up. It's okay. it's still on the cool side, but the flavors are coming out a little bit more. It's I'm enjoying this. It's a good beer.
1: Yeah, the Oktoberfest is... Just very, very delightful. And that's all I need to say about that right now. We're going into our pick segments. It's time for Half Pints. Look, Keith's getting his iPad ready. This is actually, Keith, you know, this might be a good idea because I can see when you're ready and when you have the finger ready to do this. So we may need to go with this from now on. So it's time now for our pick segments of the week. It's the Half pint segments coming to you right now. See, that's beautiful.
0: That is perfect. Yeah, my leg has gone away, too, which helps a ton. Yes, absolutely.
2: You know, if if Amazon moves to um, Rochester, Mm -hmm. maybe they could hire Keith as a a camera QA person.
1: I don't think that that they could. (laughs) I don't think that they would. Keith,
2: Keith, we need you to test this camera. See if it will track your
1: face. All right, so our picks this week, uh, starting with Jeremy, and since we don't have Gary, feel free to do a couple if you like. Jeremy, what are your picks?
2: Oh, I only have one. That's it, all right. Uh, we well, my it. pick is an app called Really Bad Chess.
0: Oh, ah, I like the sounds of it already. Yeah. Yes, me I, too.
2: So if you, if you are a chess player, if you know how to play chess, you will love this game probably. Um, <laughs> it starts out with... It's it's chess. It's the rules of chess, but mm-hmm. the pieces are not the pieces you expect. So instead of two bishops and a queen, maybe you have three queens and no bishops. <laughs> and it will the AI will adjust your starting pieces according to how good you're playing.
1: <laughs>
2: if you st- if you start winning, it will give you less strong pieces to start with. And maybe it gets stronger pieces.
1: So if you have a board full of queens,
0: you know you suck. You know
1: you
0: suck. <laughs> that would be my board. It, I... it,
2: it really changes the game completely because when it, you know, it starts, sure. you expect to make one or two starting moves and and there's there's a few things you know, the game the game progresses in a slightly predictable way, the first few moves. Yeah. But all of a sudden you have the pawn that you're expecting to move is a knight. So your game is completely oh, so, shifted
0: so the, the, po- the players or the pieces change mid game
2: no 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 but i'm saying that oh, like, okay okay like you would expect to you know queen's pawn move okay. to spaces space or king's um, pawn two spaces is a typical opening move but maybe that pawn doesn't exist because they're knights got it so got it, it. It, it's and it, it's really fun
1: So I love board games, um, and I love the idea of chess. I I have several chess sets, but I am so freaking bad at chess. I cannot, for the life of me, see 15
0: moves ahead. Yeah, you and me both, brother.
1: Yeah. So maybe this is finally, and as I'm loading the app, it says, this is the chess game you've been waiting for. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, as a fellow bed plus chess player, Rob, I, I would be curious to see what your review is on it. Yeah. So do do let us know in chat this week. I will. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Uh, Keith, what is
1: or are your pick or picks for the week?
0: Well, I have one prepared um, that I was going to go with, and it's, it's an actually a very, very, very old pick. In fact, it may go back to the days of Happy Time Magic Hour when I made this pick originally uh, because it's it's a game I've had on my iPad since my iPad 2 or iPad 1. I can't remember what my first iPad was, but since my first iPad. Um, And it's just kind of one of those games that I don't play for a long time, and then someone will remind me of it, and I start playing it again. And this time, the one who reminded me of it was Charlie, my five-year-old who just wanted to start playing it. And we've been having a ball this week playing this game and it's called Olo. Um, O-L-O is the game. And it is a game designed to be played with another person right in front of you, like with the iPad in between you. And what it is, is, is you get discs that you are trying to land on the other person's side. But of course there's physics involved and they can hit your discs back to your side. If they, you know, and, and if you, If you send one of your discs in all the way to their end zone, they get to keep it. If it goes all the way to your end zone, you get to keep it, um, and such like that. And you try you try to get as many of your discs on their side before you know before the game ends, before everybody's out of discs. So, very simple game to play. A ton of actual strategy and luck involved. Um, You can play it almost like pool. Or you can play it like my daughter and just wing stuff around and hope for the best. Um, and, and it is amazing fun in either, in either way. Um, and uh, I like to play it. My wife and I like to play it. My daughters and I like to play it. I've brought it to a bar before, dropped my iPad in front of people. And while we're having a beer, we're just, we're just flinging these discs back and forth, playing a, a friendly game of Olo. Um, it's a fantastic game. I believe it costs money. I think it's 2 or 3 bucks, And then uh, you can also buy other themes for it, uh, which do nothing but change the colors and the sound effects, but they're fun too. And I have bought all the themes over the years because I, I love the developer and I really want them to keep it alive and active. And they have. They've updated it for every version of iOS so far. There is also an online play where you can play against a virtual opponent. Um, you know, someone else playing it. Although I have found the, that there's a lot of lag in that in the past and I haven't tried it again recently. So your mileage may vary on playing online, but mm-hmm. what I love to do is play it with another person in front of you. And that's so very different for what we use our devices for these days to plot, put it down in front of another person at a bar and have a beer while playing, doing this is just so much fun. I think.
2: I remember this. I, I'm looking it up. I remember your pick. Yeah, um, I never played it, so I need to, I need to go find my iPad and get this thing installed.
0: Yeah, it's definitely you want the bigger, sc- the biggest screen you can get. So you know, if you have an iPad Pro, beautiful game on an iPad Pro. Uh, definitely a full size iPad is fine. I've played it on my daughter's Mini as well, and it works okay. But I, I think the bigger the better, and, and just you know, you know, sit across the table or across the couch from from somebody with it and play this game. It is so much fun to interact with both your electronic device and a real-life person opposite you. It's a a great way. I wish there were more games like that on the iPad.
2: I really like the idea of a game you can play with somebody else um, so that your device becomes a social thing, not just something to isolate
0: you. Exactly, and that's what this is.
2: Not that I have anything against isolation.
0: No, there are certain times when you want to be playing something completely alone, depending on the environment you're in. But uh, you know, I've gone to a bar with my friend Eric or my friend Ben, and I just dropped this on the table, and you know, and we just—it's—it's nothing. We'll have—we'll be having a conversation. We'll be enjoying some beers, and we'll be playing all those all at the same time. And it's—it's just great, great way to spend a few hours.
1: Excellent. All right. Uh, My pick for the week—I have a few. Um, So we got some time. I just picked up uh, Destiny 2. (laughs) Uh, um, Keith and I have logged a lot of hours on the original Destiny on the Xbox. um, And I just picked it up for the Xbox One, although it is available on all platforms. If you're not familiar with Destiny, it's a uh, first-person shooter. Uh, To say that it's in the style of Halo may do it a bit of injustice, but it gives you the impression of what it kind of is about. Um, but the the story uh, is so engrossing. Basically, it takes place in a distant future um, where a large, gigantic orb came out of nowhere uh, to uh, protect the Earth, and it resurrected some of their soldiers to become guardians to protect from from alien invasion and gave them these ghosts, these little tiny um, AIs that bip and bob around their heads uh, to give them help and assistance. So um, the first one was pretty light on story. It didn't have much of a campaign, but where it excelled was in its multiplayer, it would offer you different missions and things where you could jump in and jump out and friends could jump in and help you and then leave. And it was so wide and so expansive and so beautiful. And for Destiny 2, they've only expanded on that. Now with a full-blown campaign mode, uh, which is fully cooperative, um, people can jump in and jump out uh, as you're completing their your part of the campaign. They may show up doing that same part of the campaign and fight alongside of you. And the AI or the uh, enemies adjust to however many people are there. You can also go on multiplayer missions or skirmish one against the other. And the, the worlds that they have are so vibrant and so cool. And the weapons and the, and the different way you can outfit your character and the powers that they have is so awesome. Um, I just logged in a couple of hours yesterday. Um, I can't wait to get back to
0: it. So Destiny 2 is
1: amazing.
0: Yeah, I've, I've read a lot about this. I haven't bit the bullet on it. What's, what's really interesting to me, is it's tie-in with blizzard so if you play on the pc and you're used Mm -hmm. to the blizzard launcher it's actually in there um with hearthstone and diablo and all their stuff so it's probably going to be something that lands on my pc at some point Um, but the first the first game on the xbox was both so great and so terrible at the same time it's so it's so lacked in plot and and depth but it had it but it showed you so much potential so it looks like destiny 2 is delivering on that potential and and everybody who's reviewing it is it. and if if you didn't need uh, if you needed another reason to go and get it
1: uh one of the main characters in the story like one of your buddies uh voiced by nathan fillion so i mean that should help you out right there right a lot of stars worked on this gina torres who was also in firefly um, a bunch of actors that you've undoubtedly heard or seen before and lend their voices to this. Um, what's The only thing that's missing for me is a lot of people gave Peter Dinklage grief for his voicing of the ghost. He was your yeah. ghost in the first one. I actually yeah. loved it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I thought Dinklage um, was awesome in that too. They actually replaced him midway through Destiny's run. They came out with a patch where they took his voice out. Uh, because I guess so many people had complained about it, which I didn't understand. But um, he's not back, unfortunately. Uh, but still, a very, very cool game. So my second pick um, I want to recommend to you is a revisit of an author we've talked about extensively on the show before, Mr. Ernest Klein, who wrote <laughs> Player One. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I had uh, took a trip to Baton Rouge over the weekend to watch the LSU game. So on our drive home, we started listening to the audiobook version of Armada. Yep. And Armada I had that
0: as my pick uh, about six months ago. I think. Yeah.
1: So Armada. Okay. So yes, read by Will Wheaton. Um, uh, it tells the story of a kid in high school. If you've ever watched or seen Last Starfighter. It's it's a very similar story, at least starting out. I don't I'm not very far through it, but um, it's a good analogy. Yeah, it, it's very cool. I got a lot of '80s throwback references and um, modern references to to video gaming. So so far, I'm digging the heck out of it.
0: Um, and I will say this for Will Wheaton, he can read a book. He's pretty good. Yeah. No, he he's he's definitely the author's choice for all his books, and he's great at it. Yeah. um his his audiobook reading is is wonderful.
1: I think maybe it's because for, for at least for this and maybe he reads other books great too. I don't know. But mm-hmm. for Ernest Klein stuff, you can tell that it's just so much he's so geeky and it's so much content that I mean it's just right in Will's wheelhouse. And right. you can tell he just loves the subject matter. Not the least of which is that he's a character in Ready Player 1, but um So Armada, I'm enjoying it so far. Can't wait to see where it goes. My last pick, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show, but um, I've certainly seen it all over the place on uh, TV and radio. And so my wife and I, brother and sister-in-law, finally pulled the trigger and got movie passes. Have you guys heard of movie pass?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's that thing where you basically pay a subscription to go and see as many movies as you want. Yes within uh, you know within a month or whatever. You, it is 9.95 a month. Yeah.
1: And you may see one movie every day. Yeah. Any movie that you want. And at first we were concerned that you know it was going to be only theaters that we couldn't find and there are actually two theaters right in town including one that's the like the dine-in theater with the plush seats doesn't cost us any more. We just show up with your movie pass. You put the app on it. You have to be within 100 yards of the theater that you're going to, so you can reserve your seat. You walk in, show your pass, boom, you're in. Hmm. It registers that you've seen a movie that day, so you can't go and see another one. Um, so the, the company, I'm assuming, makes its money because it has all of your data, just like Facebook or Twitter or anything else does these days. And, you know, it has my phone number. It has my email address all that kind of fun stuff. So I'm sure it's selling that data or using that for demographics. That's why it's so cheap. But since everybody has that data anyway, why shouldn't I take advantage of it? Um, and MoviePass, we had to wait a long time to get our cards, a long time. Um, we finally got an apology letter from the MoviePass people that said since they lowered their threshold down to this 995 that uh, a few months ago, their subscriptions Rose by forty three hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It used to be what almost like
0: twenty nine bucks a month or something.
1: Which still, if you're a movie goer, yeah, that's a a bargain. But nine ninety five, hello. Yeah. So, I can't recommend it enough. Um, We've actually, I, I hadn't seen maybe one or two movies, and those were by myself earlier in the year. Since we've gotten the movie pass, we've seen three in like, for us. Um, so it's cheap, especially if you have a family with kids that you want to take to the movies as well. Now you can only, only people 18 and over can have a movie pass. Um, so you can't get them for your kids. Um, and you can only get one per person. Cause I think it's tied to your phone number. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, so unfortunately that's, that's bad for folks that have a lot of kids or have kids at all. So, but still Keith with, you know, two girls, uh, that cuts fifty percent off of his movie going
0: budget. So, what um, what uh, MoviePass pitched to the theaters was, "Hey, we're gonna f- you, if you give us this deal and you know give us a good rate on the movies, so that we can sell the subscription deal, we'll fill up all those ones and two seats that you always have empty, with single people or couples that are going to see movies, um, which is a great idea." Except now that the price is so cheap, they the the movie theaters themselves are backlashing against them. So there's actually quite a bit of controversy over MoviePass right now, um, and whether or not it's going to last. Because a, yeah. com- a lot of a lot of the theaters are pulling out and starting to offer their own competing service. Mm-hmm. Um, yada yada yada. So it'll be interesting to see how now that you're in it, Rob, someone I know. So that'd be interesting to see how your mileage goes along with this. Um, movie Pass also did come out, I think, a little while ago, and say this was a limited time offer. So the, expect that nine ninety five to go back up at some point. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, then maybe at that point we'll cancel. But for right now, we're gonna ride this wave. Hell yeah, absolutely! If you got theaters in your area that are doing it, and uh, you're you know such a movie buff, uh, probably the biggest movie yeah. buff among my friends,
1: Woo.
0: be crazy not to do it. Crazy! I gotta go see Blade Runner. I haven't seen Blade Runner yet. oh Oh, you saw it i I want to see it i want to see it all the reviews all my geeky friends have seen it and all the reviews are it's amazing yeah
1: especially if you're a blade runner efficient
0: gary gave it the lowest review i ever saw which was you know in our chat uh which you know you guys can join us in our chat if you want uh we're on slack uh just ping one of us on our twitter account we'll get you the address and let you in uh but yeah he gave us the lowest review and said "Eh, it's okay it's pretty good. It's worth seeing. <laughs> he said, "It's worth seeing if you, if you like the first one." Old stoic, which, which, which was the lowest review I've seen out of Old any of my stoic friends. stoic Gary. Yeah, but uh, you know, to, to his to his credit, though, I mean, he's dealing with a lot of shit this week. So oh I yeah, know. I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. and 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 including business trips to Europe. Right. So uh, I'm, not su- I'm not sure that uh, that uh, Blade Runner was really high on his priority list. Yeah. All of a sudden, all right. So, we got five minutes left
1: in the hour. Uh, let's give our beers the old review scale of
0: one to ten, Keith. All right, I got two. So, first up was the Limbo that one with the menthol ish impression on the finish. Um, I really, I I may grab a six pack of this just so I can send it down because I I really want like Jeremy and Gary and Rob to try this and tell me what they think. Um, but I, I kind of give this a three. Uh, I, It's interesting to have the different hops in a traditional IPA base, but I don't know if it necessarily was good. It certainly is not great. So I give this a three out of five, or are we out of ten? What are we doing these days? <laughs> we keep changing it. Still, no, we didn't. We haven't.
2: <laughs> it, it's still ten. ten, just like just like uh, Rob <laughs> yeah. said when he
1: said. Ten. So on a scale of one so to ten. I'll, I'll give season a four. Six, Season four, we've done all
0: of hundred episodes in the format. S- it's always been t- <laughs> So I'll give it a six out of ten. We haven't it's done okay. <laughs> it's maybe better than average. It's not it's not great. We haven't so done six it, out of ten. Eight, However, five in five years. Yes, but it, I still think it should be that. So <laughs> this one though, Carpoons Flannel Friday. I like Harpoon's IPA. I like Harpoon's Wheat. I like everything that Harpoon does. This is my favorite beer that I've ever had from them. This is uh, a five out of five, as it were, <laughs> in in my in my scale. So I'll give it a, I'll I'll give it a, a ten. This is a great, easy drinking beer. It's not going to break the bank. It's about ten dollars a six pack here on the East Coast. I don't know if you guys see Harpoon on the West coast or down South there, but if you do look up this one, it is just a fantastic beer to have in the fridge. You're not afraid to give it to anybody because they won't like it. And it's just super easy to drink and crisp. And it has that great fall red, amber beer kind of flavor that goes with it. Perfect. Perfect beer for the fall. Awesome. All right,
1: Jeremy, your beer, please.
2: Port Brewing's Hop 15 gets eight out of ten. It's really enjoyable, uh, super balanced beer. Uh, I really like the long finish of the the flavor and the bitterness. You can sip it and just enjoy it, and uh, sip it a little more. I've still got some of my 22 ounces left, and really enjoying it.
0: Slacker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right my southern star oktoberfest beer is delightful it's uh, crisp and hearty and very drinkable it's got a great finish it's it's just really hits the perfect spot for an october uh, fall beer and uh, I, I'm loving it so I will give this a 10 out of 10 or a 5 if you're Keith <laughs> So uh, I like a
0: good 5
1: it's, it's, it is absolutely perfect all right gentlemen Any final thoughts before we close out this episode of the Pint of No Return show? Drink more beer. Steal my slogan. (laughs) All right, then play the music, Keith. Hit it. There you go. One more time. Hit it again. Come on, finger. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. I'll take a strong scoundrel's drive. I'd prefer to confer with a half pint of ale than live a long life till my private parts fail. For life without liquor is to no avail. So bring me logger for life. I'd rather have logger than life. I think we're forgetting probably the most important thing that Rochester could offer Amazon, and and that is garbage
0: plates yes mm-hmm. I mean yes Amazon let us introduce the garbage plate to you and you, you will try to ship them worldwide yeah. you'll never go back <laughs> yeah you'll want to put that on the top of your prime list <laughs> but you just offer those free to prime members so good all right drink more beer